You're listening to the Clon Bikecast, your one-stop shop for all things Clonakilty Bicycle Festival and beyond. I'm Alison Roberts, and we're in the midst of a two-week back-to-school promotion called Get to School on Your Own Fuel. You can visit cyclist.ie slash school for all the information. So today, I invited Kath Russell onto the podcast, our local green school travel officer. I started off by asking Kath about her earliest memories of cycling. I think I probably learned to cycle about age five. I remember being young and I remember my first bike was a beautiful red Raleigh apple that was bought new for me and um, we lived on a really steep hill and so spent our time going up and down the hill um, and I just fell in love with that cycling, that bike and cycling at that time. Um, and then as I got older, it gave me independence. So we would just um, take off my friends, we'd go cycling and go quite far. We'd go out of the town where we were living in. I grew up in coastal, in a coastal place in the UK. And once you got onto the seafront, you could just cycle and cycle for miles. So um, we'd go off and just come back at dark. And I think it just gave us confidence and um, just independence, really. So it was really happy times and freedom was what the bikes signified for me. And then through my teenage years, I probably didn't cycle as much as um, that. But then going back to when I was a student, that was when I came back to cycling more. And again, living in a town where it was, there was lots of off-road cycling and um, it was just a means of transport really. That's the same for me. I had the same trajectory of cycling love, yeah. local town cycling and around, and then a pause in my teenage years. And then t- I took it back. I took my bike to university, and it was amazing because you could get all around campus very quickly. I was surprised not more people had, had them. Where did you grow up then? What coast are you referring to? Um, when you're saying going up and down the. So the south coast in England, so around Hastings, um, which is southeast area. And then when I was a student, it was down in Plymouth, so that was southwest. And um, same, Plymouth was the same. Beautiful so coast. It was beautiful, yeah. Um, and I couldn't, I'm not sure about the infrastructure there now, but you know, because it's seafront, you have these big, wide areas Boardwalks, that for, yeah. Yeah, for pedestrians and cyclists and... Um, it's just the way that everyone moved around, really. So yeah, it's great. And where am I speaking to you now from? Where are you Where are you based? So I'm based in Clonic or near Clonakilty in West Cork in Ireland, and I am the Green Schools Travel Officer for Antashka, um in Cork and sometimes Kerry. And where you are now, then, are you able to use your bike regularly? I am. I don't use my bike particularly for. Um, utilitarian like everyday shopping and um, working because I'm a bit too far out in the country Um, but I use it for local shopping trips and pleasure cycling around and I have to say the Covid situation has given me such a nice opportunity to kind of engage in local cycling there's just quite a few neighbours that I've met on their bikes and it's been fun it's brought back like a real pleasure of just pottering on the bike (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and then maybe if you could tell our listeners, for anyone who doesn't know a bit about what Green Schools is. And... Okay, so Green Schools is an environmental programme that's been running over 20 years now. Um, I think there's between 96 and 98% of schools in Ireland are involved in it, and that's primary and secondary. 
So schools sign up and spend um, two years on each environmental theme and then receive their green flag for it. Um, and the travel theme, so we're lucky enough to be I'm a travel officer and we're lucky enough to be funded by the NTA and DTTA to work directly in schools with the students. Um, and the aim of the travel theme is encouraging students, parents and teachers to travel sustainably to school. So whether it's walking, cycling, scooting, we do park and stride, which is parking nearby and then walking, uh, using public transport, carpooling, and all of this to, instead of using the, the car on the school run, so that's the travel flag is one year, isn't it, that you focus? It's two years. So, yeah, the way that green schools and work... And what kind of activities, yeah, what, how does it work with the kids? What do you actually do with them? So it's a really, it's a set programme that um, on every single theme. So we spend two years on the, doing the travel theme. And the first, it's a seven step programme. The first step is to create a committee in the schools and that's, it's student-led, but then you have a teacher who's coordinating it and you might invite parents, um, anyone in the community, tidy towns, anyone that will help the principal sometimes get involved. Um, and they'll be in charge of kind of running the initiative for the two years. And then step two, you go on to environmental review. And this is a really key bit. So this is where um, the travellers are like, we help you do what we call a walkability or recyclability. So you map and document around the school to see exactly what's going on. It might be in terms of safety, signage, infrastructure, just to see if we're going to be asking kids to walk and cycle. Like, what, what is going on? How safe is it? And how much are we helping them to travel to school in a sustainable way? And then once that's done, um, I always write the report to give back to the school and... Depending on all the issues, we might share that with local authority or like, um, who else might we share it with? So, yeah, mainly the local authority, anybody that's interested, and then um, see if there's any chance of um, getting the issues addressed. So, quite often, there's things like bad parking, not enough signage, worn out signage, um, dangerous entrances and all these things make a difference to kids sort of on their journey to school so once we've done that walkability or cyclability then we might look at mapping the area so it's all very well to look at all the issues and also positive points there's a like huge um thing to be said for addressing positive things as well like if you've got great cycle lanes lovely pavements great entrances um, it's always nice to address that as well um, and then look at where students are travelling from because quite often where we are in West Cork, you'll know all about this Alison, it's okay if you're in a town but lots of people are rural and travel from a long way and it might not even be possible to um, do anything about the distances and that's where Park and Stride became a thing so that um, people might park somewhere and travel the last little bit into school like by um, bike or walking and that yeah. 
So that takes away yeah, all the to congestion. Get them, to get, just to get them energized. Yeah. yeah. And congestion at the gate is a big thing, isn't it? Huge, yeah. So that's it. The students then, like, there's a noticeable difference. So I've, if you've travelled by walking or cycling, they I've energised, happy, they've had their chats, they're ready to sit and learn. And it's, a, like, a huge difference from kids that are taken to school by car and are still quite dozy and haven't had that sort of social interaction. Yeah. Yeah, I was speaking to somebody yesterday and just saying, like, what, what I found interviewing kids is, like, they say it almost gives them this advantage because they are they get to school and they're already kind of proud of themselves. So you're kind yeah. of, you've got a positive view of yourself walking into school, which I think yeah. is... It's empowerment. so good. Yeah. It's empowerment. So you walk in feeling like, I can get things done. I'm, I'm a powerful human being. I'm my own autonomous human being. And even though it's all subconscious, it's still going in there and just... They, I think they, they kind of hold themselves a different way then, and other opposed to you're just still waking up, you've been rushed out of the house, rushed into the car, kind of dropped off to school at the gate, you're kind of harried with your backpack. You haven't landed yet. You haven't had any yeah. time to kind of... And then you're in school and you're just right into the day already. That's it. They're claiming so. their day. And also, like, classrooms yeah. are busy places. There's a lot of people. It's a great little time to yeah, get themselves ready and... Um, London as well yeah. as like when you look at all the air pollution around schools um, it's so harmful for kids and to be in all the pollution and have all the cars around them. So are you also then part of the national um, travel you so you're a travel officer but are you mm-hmm. part of the national do you, do you run would, could you tell us about nationally what's happening is there bigger campaigns so there, and events? There is we have level? yeah we like have regular um national campaigns that we all work together there's travel officers all over the country and um in dublin so at the moment um we've got an infrastructure officer who's based in dublin that he was brought on board to we do all this amazing work with the walkabilities to come and kind of see where he could go with it and implement them so he's created a back to school document and that was kind of in response to um, the lockdown and congestion so it's a two little answering two um, areas that needed looking at so yeah so the safe to school document um, over the last period he there was a call put out to schools to see um, what their main issues were and what they felt about the front of school situation. So it's mostly principals that responded and some green schools coordinators, a few teachers, and I think overwhelmingly they all just felt like safety was an issue, pollution, and like how to address that. So um, Yeah, we... I've seen that document. It's it's really fantastic. And I think it's very easy for people to find. Is it on Green Schools Ireland? Dot org, am I right? That's it, yeah. You'll find all of these things on the Green Schools website. Um, so it's Safe to School and Ideas document, and we can send them out to anyone that wants them if you want to have a look at them. And basically, it's a response to the congestion. So we came up with eight measures, and this is all from surveying principals and Green Schools coordinators, so telling us like what their issues were. Um, and so it's a really comprehensive document to just help address the situation in front of uh, school. So I think there's eight measures. Yeah, first was wider footpaths needed. And I think that speaks for itself, really, just to have the 
space, an area that kids can um, be on the footpath and not feel like they have to step off. And also at the moment, if we think about things like social distancing, there's an extra need for space on the footpath, really. Park and Stride was another um, suggestion which I already went into, and that just takes all of the vehicles away from the school and means that kids can walk but, or scoot or cycle, like it's not um, solely walking in. That makes a difference at the school gate. Preventing illegal parking. Driver behaviour um, is a massive issue and especially when people are rushing, rushing to school, rushing off to work and it just creates dangerous situations. So, um, and creating informal car-free zones like the school streets. I don't know if you've seen any of them or... Yeah, I've heard about, I mean, I've heard about it, but we haven't had any of that locally. No, that's the shutting down that's when you kind of make a bubble around the school where no cars are allowed to come in is it yeah and some some schools like i've seen some case studies in the uk um where sorry i just lost you for a moment where the schools shut down around pick off and drop off pick up and drop off times so they just have this really lovely like bright colored um front of school area and um people can play there and it's just a lot more relaxed because you're not negotiating weaving in and out of traffic and um so it's a much nicer space for everybody to be in um yeah i suppose in north america i'm trying to like envisage where the schools that i went to the way they were designed they had these massive big looping driveways almost like airport drop-offs but i suppose oh, really? in, in west cork clonakilty towns it's like clonakilty small towns in in ireland and west cork Especially like when I envisage, when I visualize the schools here, most of them are basically the playground and then nearly just one gate to get yeah. the kids in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we would have been, a, there was no gate and it was just a, a, you know, a big, you know, North America, there's so much space. When they yeah. did the school, they'd have this really big entranceway and, and most of the kids were busting anyway. But you, okay. when you visualize the gates the way they are now, of course, they're on, they're on roads that other cars use and the gate is right on the road so that makes yeah. sense that that would be something that causes a lot of issues for kids getting on and off and negotiating normal traffic at the same time as parent pickup traffic that's it and i think um a lot of the newer schools like if we look at the example of the newer schools in Conakilty, the girls school they have got that exactly what you're saying in north america the kind of off-road um area that's just for the school traffic but I guess there's probably less bus travel as well like you do get still get congestion in the school zone area like and there's some schools that I've worked in in Cork that have brought in separate entrances and that's one of the back to school measures as well to um just give pedestrians and cyclists separate entrance because that increases safety and usability a lot yeah I think these a lot of our schools in Ireland um it's just the cars have come so fast and the schools have been there for a lot longer. And so these are these are hurdles that have to be dealt with. They have to be addressed. It's just going to keep getting worse with more cars. That's it. And um, a, lot, a lot of the rural schools, like what you find is that they were tiny little schools in a tiny little village. So traditionally everyone would walk or cycle and make their own way. And suddenly the population's exploded. There's loads more cars on the road. And exactly what you're saying, it's like there's, it's almost outgrown the buildings and the positions really so newer schools seem to be well some newer schools seem to be sort of planning better for the population and the movement around the school 
And so just going back to your work within schools, I'm guessing you must move around through the, the whole county, is it? Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, um, we work... Well, there's there's a few travel officers that would work in Cork and Cork City, so we'd share the schools out. So I'd probably have on average, it really depends, but say 30 to 40 schools I work with on the travel flag. So when you've done your environmental review and then you start monitoring, looking at how is everyone travelling already? So, so the environmental review is like taking a snapshot of what's going on in the school. And it's really useful because it just tells you exactly who's travelling, where they're travelling from and how they're travelling. And then you kind of get into um, monitoring and evaluation. So um, just taking a week or a month of time and see how they're travelling. And then we start getting into the initiatives. And the Green Schools Committee are really good at this, like thinking out how can we make people travel more sustainably? So it's all about kind of brainstorming, really getting them thinking and um supporting that as well so this is where all like the cycle training comes in we've done our walkability get in touch with like local people that might be able to make a difference the council can they make it safer um and so from my point of view we'd offer scooter training cycle training bike workshops to sort of keep keep your bike safe um anything to promote bike use really like we might do a bling your bike um we have lots of like yearly campaigns and initiatives like a walk to school so um every week we promote um walking on wednesdays cycling on wednesdays we have a um cycle walk to school week in may and a cycling week in june so there's loads of initiatives to support getting the kids so the idea is that we give them training empower them and then have all these days where they're supported and we it's a lot of asking parents as well, so um, getting them on board. And have you had have you had some schools in particular? Is there anything that comes to mind where you've had a real success story, where you've been either surprised by the school or you've been able to make some some big progress with the, oh, the local yeah. authority? Yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes and sometimes it's not just a local authority. Like there's one um, a school. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention them by name, so I won't. But a Cork school who fairly new school like we were saying had the lovely like sweeping drive but actually what you'd find is when I went there at drop off or pick up time it was just a massive car park and they're all idling with their engines on so it's creating this really um dangerous situation and where nobody could move as well so with the green schools committee we did the walkability and we realized that the, there was quite a large road it's quite dangerous walking and cycling there but between them and the GAA pitch was only one field, and I think it was GAA owned. So they talked to the Green Schools Committee, talked to the GAA about whether they'd be allowed to use that piece of land. And the they also talked to a local quarry whose lorries were like um, creating all congestion on the road. And basically, they got a path built from school to the GAA car park and it what it means is lots of the kids that live in this like essentially quite a small town can now cycle and walk along this path off-road completely so they've got nearly the whole school park and stride in and just taken away this complete chaos um in the mornings and given them a route that they can use quite happily 
so they can park in at the GAA and then walk the last little bit yeah. in school yeah. and save. And then is that GAA connected to the town as well then? So some Yeah, so it's like the walk. local yeah, community yeah. are really supporting. And the, the quarry who had big lorries that were up and down the road all the time next to the school helped out a lot as well. Because I think once they were shown that that's their lorries, their traffic and their, you know, the, the dangerous situation of having a lot of kids and big lorries travelling first. And have you had have you had any success stories around individual kids that you, that have taken to cycling? Oh uh, yeah, there's. Do you know what the brilliant thing is? There's too many to even sort of isolate, but yeah. it's lovely. You arrive in a school and you start talking and getting excited about cycling. Everybody wants to cycle. That's a nice thing. When you like, we don't do it so much now, but we used to survey like all through the school as soon as we arrived to see how everyone was travelling and how they'd like to travel. Um, and when you get to the question about how you'd like to travel, like, they're all dying. Of course you are, like, dying to cycle. That's the number one. Like, most people, I'd say, probably nearly 100% want to cycle, but it's just all the wow. things that stop them, you know. Um, and then, so, enabling people to cycle. And people that haven't been on a bike or don't think they can cycle, just over the few visits getting them on their bike, giving them confidence, letting them cycle, and then taking them off on the cycle. Like, that's the best feeling ever. We were talking earlier about the freedom of being young and just being able to take off, and, you know, it's giving that to somebody and the confidence. Yeah, well, I was on a, a workshop um, a few years ago that you'd run um, with the kids, and it was amazing to see the kids in a neighbourhood just come out and, and be able to have access to bikes and just see the little faces they're so happy yeah. when they're able to get on their bikes yeah and in Clon, i think we only have one school that's doing the green schools program don't we um do we? At, at the moment yeah i think there's been other schools in the past and some aren't engaged in secondary schools that's quite normal secondary schools have a really different um it's basically time availability as well yeah but it would be nice to get them all on board a little bit more how can schools sign up to green schools if they're not already um Schools can contact head office, look at our website, contact myself. Um, there's, I think there's, like, if you look online, there's all our contact details there. And you can also have a look at all the, um, what Green Schools does. You're listening to the Clon Bikecast, your one-stop shop podcast for all things Clonakilty Bicycle Festival and beyond. Today, as part of the Back to School on Your Own Fuel project, Alison's talking to Kath Russell, our local Green Schools Travel Officer. She Cycles campaign was this as a cycling campaign that was then on national level, wasn't it? That Green yeah, Schools ran. Yeah. Could, could you tell us a little bit about what that was about? I will. It's a brilliant campaign, and like you were saying, and I was saying, um, what we noticed going in schools was suddenly there's this huge drop off. You have all these kids at national school that are really in cycling, they're the Green Schools Committee, they're promoting it, we're doing these big cycles, we're upskilling everyone, we're providing resources to help them 
when you get to secondary school, there's suddenly this drop off. The girls don't want to cycle. And like the horrifying statistic at the moment is that for Manchester cyclists, one in 250 secondary school girls cycled to school. Wow. Which is it's nothing. If you think about like the local schools, you know, that might be one a year, one per year group, maybe. Um, yeah. So it's it's so little, it's crazy. Um, so we just decided that, why to investigate, why is that happening? Why, why don't girls want to keep on cycling? Like, is there issues? And what, basically just find out what's happening. So the anti-cycles campaign was um, born and it's kind of... Um, so it started off in Dublin and the initial group, there's also... If you look on our website, you'll find the anti-cycles video that they made. So the initial group of teenage girls, um, there's focus groups in different schools and um, just to find out what the issues were, getting local cyclists and have a debate about um, what's going on. And what we found overwhelmingly was from the um, girls do want to cycle, but they don't feel like it's a platform. They don't feel welcome in that space and it's not very easy for them to operate in. Um, and the number one thing was from harassment from uh, men and boys while they're cycling. So um, in the environmental education unit, there's quite a lot of men and women. And I'd say the men were really shocked that that was even a thing. And the women were saying, yeah, I was cycling last week and you get whistled out or you get honked at or um, lots of harassment. So that was one um, thing that we found. And then it's on to sort of more obvious, so saying that school bags, school skirts, safety, having to wear a helmet, not feeling very cool, just feeling quite self-conscious about it. Um, and so it was, a really, it was a really powerful platform to give these girls the, a voice about it, really, why they, were talk, why they weren't cycling, and then sort of look at the positives about why they loved cycling, the independence and freedom and... Um, and then you had basically a series of young women who became kind of, um, uh, I suppose, what's the word? They became they 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 became the 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 face of the campaign. Yeah, so like the ambassadors. Some, they were yeah, so, ambassadors. Um, yeah, yeah, and the, uh, amazing girls, and um, it was really powerful. Have you if you've seen the Anti Cycles um, yeah. film, like they're take on a uh, um, super and that's what's driven the whole campaign just to tell us about teen cycling and why teenage girls don't want to cycle it's interesting i was speaking to donna cooney last week on the podcast and we, she was talking about she's um she did a the, the suffragettes the whole cycle dress of the suffragettes and linking cycling back to uh, women's empowerment is a big thing for her yeah so it's the same again it's um and i was i was saying i was speaking to jenny gozowski who runs the london bike kitchen and how cycling she was saying she was cycling kind of she brought her out of herself because you you have to you're you're visible and you have to use your body and you have to use your voice but it's a it's a hard thing i think for us if, especially if you're obviously being harassed when you're cycling. Yeah. And I think but, an age thing as well, then, like teenage yeah. girls have that sort of confidence issue, those confidence issues, don't they? And like you're saying, you have to stand up, use your body, use your confidence and put yourself out there. If they're feeling a little bit unsure, I 
campaign ads. Yeah, and to show an image of women, young women that they can relate to that are like empowered and saying, you know, I have a right to be on this road and that, you know, if there's issues, they need to be dealt with, but that's not my issue. It's not my issue. It's the other person's issue if they're going to harass me and that needs to be dealt with. But to kind of stand up strong is really beautiful to see women standing up strong with bicycles it's, it seems yeah. to be just a history repeating itself over and over again it really is and it's um yeah seeing the pictures of suffragettes and then the pictures of the young girls on their bikes like it does it you know it's a very powerful image and how did that how did that um how did that campaign go then what did you see did you are you guys seeing changes from that um, I think there is changes. It's giving young women a platform to explore because they might or might not recognise that this is happening as well. Um, so I think the Dublin um, campaign went ahead, the Mayo, and then of course all of the... Everything's been put on pause because of all the lockdown. So there's a countrywide campaign to take to each area and... Um, oh is that going to happen still that's still yeah I think the plan is like it's um, there is no plans at the moment but it definitely is something that can we do a big one in Clonakilty that'd be great to do can we do a big Anchi Cycles Parade that would be amazing wouldn't it yes we've got our 10 year bicycle festival next uh, next June is 10 years so we're thinking of some cool projects that would be really great that would be a great one to do yeah an Anchi Cycles Parade Anchi Cycles Parade I think so amazing yeah, um, yeah and there is a like Connor Kilty's actually an exception to rule because as you know you're spearheading them there's loads of women on bikes um, and girls on bikes as well in the bike circus there's yeah. quite a few teenage girls our local there? community bike yeah. yeah the local community our bike workshop The it's amazing because it's actually Graham and Jack who are two very beardy fuzzy men running the place and they're just it's like for some reason one after another it's just these teenage women coming in and young women coming in being trained up as mechanics and we've got this force of amazing female bike mechanics coming out of the bike yard um it's brilliant so it's it's, it's kind great. of once, it's, it's like a ball once you get somebody yeah. the first person in there that's confident um and then another one sees that there's somebody in there and it actually jack put a post up on facebook the other day and he said a young lad came in and asked today if if boys were allowed in the bike circus <laughs> and he was like wow how time yeah. you know but isn't it great know. like they're, they're saying about giving teenage girls a platform like they're creating this really welcoming space yeah he knows and he's doing it right if that's the questions that are being definitely asked. is and yes giving you're them welcome amazing to you. skills yeah um, uh, a, <clears throat> what, what else do you think just outside of green schools where do you think that uh, cycle advocates like myself um and community um community bike groups where do you think we should focus our energy to get more kids cycling to school I mean we've we've talked we've done podcasts on um cycle buses and cycling to school initiatives but one of the things we struggle with is getting because I don't have a kid in school how how to get how to get onto parents and how to get in schools I always find if you find a school that's got lots of cycling you usually find very quickly some a group of parents that are really into cycling or some teachers that are really passionate about it but as a community, how can we, where do you think we should focus our energy to make it safer yeah. and, um, you know, more more exciting for, for kids and parents to get on their I bikes? I think you've um, hit the nail on the head and it's a great question. It's like, how do we get start this happening? Cycle buses are definitely becoming more prevalent. And um, so 
the when you go into schools and you find those enthusiastic parents and teachers, they are the ones that are driving them. So they're the ones that will keep the cycle bus going and be there through the winter and just show that it's easy to do and it's fun to do. But um, I think the uh, huge thing is about the infrastructure. So it's about creating a safe environment for um, kids to cycle to school. So it's like a double, you know, it's keeping the pressure on so that councils know that we need safe infrastructure. It needs to be built into our towns and our communities and also keeping the enthusiasm alive. So just being there and doing it basically is the huge driver. People see you, see you cycling to school. And it is harder when you haven't got a kid in school because you haven't got that instant community. But you can still reach out in like the smaller towns. And it's just to keep on doing it. People will join. Kids want to cycle. Parents want to cycle. Um, and if you have a few, that's a massive success story. And it seems like there's some really established cycle buses. I know um, you've talked to quite a few of the people running these. And once they're up and running, they just keep going. And I think we've got a so unique... I think for... Go on. Sorry. I think there's a unique like, uh, position in Clonakilty where there's so many schools in quite a small area that yeah. we've kind of trialled it in different ways, haven't we? That you can like have a morning cycle bus... They're not, there's not particularly busy roads, um, like it's, it could be done fairly easily and it's getting everyone on board and, and to keep it running. A lot of the busy roads is the, the school traffic. I mean, yeah. everybody says don't go out at school times if you have a car, <laughs> just yeah. don't. So if we get that, if we could get those cars onto bikes, yeah. that's what we've been saying, trying to, how do, how do we, how do we, how do we make changes with the infrastructure to make it safe from the new developments yeah. and the new hundred houses that are being built? They, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to safely cycle to school and confidently. No. It should um, be planned so think, into like building these houses. And, but then I think there's still just a few steps behind. Like Clonakilty should have been amazing with the new cycle path from town up to the business park. And what I didn't realise is that it's really, it doesn't go to the business park and it's quite a small... Um, so it's not doing, it's not fit for purpose, basically, is it? Like, Well, if we're putting out, and, and that greenway hopefully will develop into a long greenway yeah. through the technology park all the way to Court McSherry, which is brilliant, but it doesn't serve the town. It serves, it's that's a, out, outside of the town to the technology yeah. park that will serve people getting to the technology park, but the schools, yeah. those are the young people getting back and forth to school, it should be safe in a yeah. small town when you have five schools within a you know a one kilometer radius of the town center it should be safe for those kids to get there to school but we are finding over and over again it's just that's the the main block is we just don't feel confident enough but i i think the big advice i'm hearing from you too is just to if you get parents and you get the parents to get onto another parent so maybe on your own with your kids you might not feel safe cycling to school but maybe even just two parents or three families mm -hmm. that makes a massive difference on the road Huge. One and thing that we're encouraging, yeah. So one on. thing that we're encouraging, we're, one thing we're encouraging right now is um, we're doing a two-week get to school on your own fuel national campaign with Cyclist.ie, and we put together a um, like a photo scavenger hunt, which is trying to encourage people to and kids to find their best route to school. So talking about you know there there might be a uh, a cut through in an estate that you haven't really realized how useful that would be yeah. because you're in your car. So just to get out even on feet first and explore, see if there's a more direct route to the school, not you might not even have to go on the roads or yeah. any of the main roads. You could probably go through cul-de-sacs and cut throughs 
um, and surprise yourself how there's different ways to access. And there might be a little bit where you might have to hop off a bike or cross a, a road carefully and then find another good path and to explore as a little group. So we've got a um, cyclist.ie slash school uh, promotion to try to get kids through a game like a, a competition scavenger hunt to try to explore their way to school. Yeah, that's loads of fun. I mean, kids will love doing that. And once they've found their route, that's their route. They will be cycling, they will be walking that because, you know, they, they've they discovered it and that's the way they went to travel. So, like, these things make huge differences. I think the trouble with changing behaviour, like, is that you can't measure it. So, things like when you're saying the cycle buses... I suppose that's easier because you can see how many people on the cycle bus, but just changing behaviour, like you don't necessarily know that people's behaviour has changed. It's just a long-term thing that yeah. you kind of encourage. It, yeah, it'd take like a year to measure it again, see if there's a few more bikes outside on the bike route. And you've just worked, are you finished the travel, the, the travel flag at our, our girls' school here that you were doing? That's done. Oh, um... The it's the girls school the girls school the Irish school that is just no, about. Sorry, I said the girls school. <laughs> I probably oh, yeah. sound like girls school the girls school. My Irish yeah. isn't amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they are kind of midway through. So hopefully they'll be working more on it. It's just been an odd year because everybody yeah. working on anything hasn't had the same sort of input, and I think. Um, but hopefully we'll all be able to go back to it at some point soon and be in schools and doing the workshops and getting everybody confident to use the area. Great. Well, thanks so much, Kath, for your time. Just to And I was just I'd like to end with a, a positive question. I was just wondering what you've been learning with your time from with kids in schools that kind of gives you an overall sense of hope for the future. Is there anything that's kind of sticking with you that, that kind of gets you up in the morning and going to school to do your job? I wonder what, what motivates you. Absolutely. I think that it's the kids and the students themselves. Like they, We're coming from a place of learning, um, whereas they, they know they want their safe routes. They want to be kind of environmentally responsible. So... They're just doing it, and that's a normal conversation they're having. They're just inspiring, like, you can see all the Fridays for future. And um, the way that kids sort of operate now, they want to ride their bikes and get out there. So I think it's just their passion for looking after the environment and making a safe future for themselves. Brilliant. And I'm, I'm hoping that as you continue to work in schools in our area that we can work with you at the same time and maybe even take some of the work you've done and carry it forward when you guys leave just to support the families and especially with nudging the local authority and presenting some of the good work you do because you guys have access to schools um, and helping them take that information which is this amazing amount of information that you have on on habits and cycling to school and then working with the you know the local community cycling advocacy organ, um, groups to really make sure that it sticks because that's what we need. We need the engineers and we need to, the planning um, the town infrastructure to reflect what the, the kids are asking because if they're, if they're being heard, that is just such an, a level of empowerment. Um, and we saw that with the, the cycle bus in Limerick. They've managed to get a temporary cycle lane over a bridge that's always been a problem for them and they went to the council and the kids got it themselves, you know, and the sense of empowerment and what that will do for their future 
is incredible and then what it does for everyone else obviously just to have that bit of infrastructure is amazing as well absolutely um, yeah i really agree and just before I, sp- I was speaking to you this morning i was looking at the article about the about limerick and um, it is really inspiring like we can make change there is um it is possible and they when can... they taste it yeah then they just <laughs> go they with it up yeah <laughs> exactly keep going. and um on another note like what you're saying is dead right we have two years on the travel flag and because of funding and um that's our time but if you guys can support and keep that going like the schools are really keen like they do huge work and they do definitely care and it's such a tight community that i think there's huge changes that can be made i feel really positive it's just kind of getting the right place the right people and the right things sort of in order You've been listening to another episode of the Clon Bikecast. This week with Kath Russell, our local Green Schools Travel Officer. Thanks so much for being on the show, Kath. And also, as always, a huge thanks to Justin Grounds for running all the production and making the lovely music for our podcast. I really want to encourage everyone to head over to cyclist.ie slash school where you can find inspiration about getting to school on your own fuel this year. Scoot, walk, cycle, or roller skate. There's also a map of the country with all the local cycling advocacy groups so you can connect in and find events that are running near you. Also, keep an ear out for National Bike Week events. We're going to be running great events this year from the 19th to the 28th of September where you can join in no matter where you are. Virtual events on bike mechanics, scavenger hunts and more. For those details, visit clonakiltybicyclefestival.org. See you next time.